taking into the midfield. Now for Benji Michel. Johnson continues his run as Michel breaking down Lindsay. Michel into the penalty area. Michel with a cross. It falls for Juan! Towards the top of the area. And Pereira gets it free. And now Juan! Here we go, the fastest man on the pitch. Breaking out free. Sacudo Torres is coming. Here's Facundo Torres! His first in Exploria Stadium, it's 2-0! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Soccer Show. It is another week and an Orlando City win against the new team in Charlotte. We also have to talk about the Pride losing 3-0 by letting in three goals in 17 minutes. Bullshit. And OCB thankfully did not play. So you can hear the soundboards, and that is because Brad Newton is back. Joining us today because as of the implication. is Kyle Foley. Uh, I am Austin David, for those who don't know. Because of the implication. And the implication is that Orlando City won all thanks to who won. Of all people. A goal and an assist to his credit. They win 2-1. to one. The first goal was a back post finish thanks to a Benjamin Michel cross flicked on by Robin Janssen. And then the second goal came from, for some reason, Charlotte decided to send every single player forward for a corner, leaving nobody back to defend, and then just an outlet pass from Mauricio Pereira to Juan, who outran the entire team and centered it off for Facundo Torres. So it was 2-0 at half, um, and then uh, it stopped. Um, everything stopped for Orlando City. It was It was a bad second half. Usually we've been talking about how it's been a bad first half and a better second half because of the reactions. This time the reaction was from the last game because there was no response to from the first to the second half. It was just all bad in the New York game. So then the first half was the reaction to that game, and then they let it go in the second half. And, well, they almost conceded a second a number of times. They had to hold on for dear life defensively. And in the process, Robin Janssen got a yellow card. That is his fifth. He is suspended for the next game against Montreal. Now, with all of that being said, in the 95th minute or so, Sylvester van der Vaarder goes down injured, has to be helped off the field, and the final whistle goes, so it didn't matter much that he was, you know, the whole team was down a man for a bit. Uh, but this is an Orlando Soccer Show exclusive. I have it on good authority that Sylvester van der Vaarder could miss up to three months. Shut up, bitch! So, uh, there is a... Uh, he's going for a second opinion. There is potential for that to be a little bit less. I haven't heard exactly what the injury is, but he couldn't put any weight on it as he was being helped off the field. So, sometime in the next couple of days, I should have a definitive answer about what's going on, but... Well, um... Your, your depth for your wingers are gone. Fucking so thing that's, sucks! That's a whole new problem for Orlando City to deal with. Because uh, you're not only missing Antonio Carlos for the next couple of weeks, because he's still rehabbing from his hamstring, but also potentially Sylvester van der Vaarder for the next couple of weeks as well. That's cool. So with that, I've talked enough, and Brad's been playing sounds boards long enough. Uh, how are you guys doing? Um... It was a lot better before that. Um, oh, the Sylvester thing? Yeah, that... Mm. I mean, you could tell he... I mean, for anyone who thought he was, like, just time-wasting, like, yeah, no, he he really got hurt on that challenge. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to go back and look at it, and I'm like, oh. Nope, that, oh, was, no. that one was not good. Um, no, no, that was bad. That was that was real bad. Those those. Real bad, and I don't believe a card or anything came from it either. No, no. In fact, a throw came. So there was a handball yeah. before the play happened, wasn't called, and then the foul happened, and then Vanderwater had to be helped off the field while they had a very final throw of the game. Yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> the second half 
like Austin alluded to, like the game for Orlando City, like kind of they they kind of stopped playing. Um, you could tell Oscar at the end of the match wasn't happy with the second half because he just kind of like when when Gabby asked him like after the game like what his thoughts were, he kind of just bit his bottom lip and like like furled his like upper his top teeth and like just went his three points and kind of like was just perplexed about that whole 45 minutes there yeah about what had happened so i don't know and yeah i mean if we want to talk about Juan, yeah it was a great game we want him to have great games because it means orlando city is having great games Mm -hmm. um we don't we don't want players on the team to be bad especially if they're they're on the pitch and they're they're starting and getting quality minutes from the club you you want you want your players to be good it doesn't make any sense to like if if we say like hey this guy isn't playing well and the club should look at their options it doesn't mean like if he starts playing good again that sucks for because it doesn't that's that's just saying like oh hey he had a good game that's good the bottom line is it's good. That's that's yeah. that's all that that really matters. All, all you're all you're really asking for is consistency because one good game does not mean that you just overlook everything else that happened the past couple games prior. Yeah, and even Oscar alluded to that. Uh, he, I mean, he said he said Buwan is trying to find his rhythm. He had a good match. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it. That's that's the only acknowledgement it needs is just hey, he had a good match. He's been struggling and trying to find his form but he he had a good match and the next thing to do build off of it against montreal that's that's all you can really hope he does like it would be stupid to assume or wish for him to not follow that performance up like i i don't i don't understand like the need to want to dunk on people who who are just pointing out like a player isn't playing well previously and then when he does you're like Oh, you should shut up now. It's like, no, we're we're just talking about what had happened and the fact that up to this point hasn't been doing well. That's it. As we talk about Huan and his his game, it seemed like he just needs a confidence boost. Like he looked dangerous and and much more dangerous. You know, some of his crosses were still a bit off, but. Like for the first 45 minutes, he was getting down the wings. He was using his speed. And you know, players were, were in good spots. I don't know what I don't know what happened in the second half where they where the they kinda I don't know if it was Charlotte that had made the adjustment that sort of forced Orlando into playing uh, not as wide, I felt like. Like it just what like suddenly what was happening down the side just wasn't anymore, right? Like well, it, I think that I think that when you have a two goal lead, they came out a bit more defensive minded to kind of hold that lead, and, and this is the way Oscar kind of looks at things, where it's like you know, and and I always joke saying he always wants to win one nothing games, but like he's very pragmatic about not necessarily going for like five, six, seven goals if he can. You know, he wants to be able to kind of hold on to leads, and sometimes that can be detrimental, where they'll come out in a more defensive shape and then lose momentum in the match. And I don't know if that's necessarily what Oscar wants. I think that's just necessarily what the team has been accustomed to do. Yeah. I mean... But again, they they haven't put a full 90 minutes together this year. And I think that's that was the biggest thing. Like, I talked to Oscar after the game, and I said, "Listen, you know, the the, the last couple games, and even going back to the beginning of the season, like, you haven't been the protagonist of games, and you you've always said you wanted your teams to be protagonists, but like, you've been reactionists more than protagonists because you've had to come back from poor first halves or poor performances in games, and you've had to react to those performances, not." be proactive in your performance and you know he that was something he kind of touched on and just said listen you know it's it's it's, we've got some new pieces trying to get together and they're 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 still trying to build chemistry which sure i i guess but in the grand scheme yeah that was those one of the things 
there there are other teams doing that too, and they're yeah. putting better performances. They're putting ninety minutes together. You know, I I, I don't see a, a difference between those teams in Orlando. You know, they should be on the same level realistically, but they're not. And you know, Oscar Oscar basically said there there's no magical way to figure this out. You know, it's just it's a process, and we have to trust it. Do you want to do you want to say the thing? I was waiting for you to say the thing. Oh, I figured okay. you'd, you'd yeah, enjoy yeah. to say the thing. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. Uh, Orlando have one match in hand on the Red Bulls and Philly ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're only one point behind Philly. So yep. it's not they as... They got five wins. They got five wins in ten games. They've got five wins in ten games. Um, yeah. Granted... They've also... They've scored in eight of the ten games they've played. Uh-huh. Only Toronto has scored more goals in matches... In MLS this season, huh. so they Toronto scored in nine of their ten games, Orlando in eight of their ten. Where's Toronto in the oh, standings, and I where's thought, Orlando in the standings? Yeah, I mean Toronto's in eighth, but um, yeah. I I I thought you were talking about like total goals. And I was like, no, 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 no not total goals. Just just in games, like Orlando you you scored a, a a goal in games. Gotcha. Like they're they're yeah. averaging they're averaging just less than a goal per game. Yeah, which uh, is more than some teams. Fair. Um, there are other teams that have a way better goal differential than Orlando does, though. That is true because they score four to five goals. Orlando cannot score three goals. Austin every game this year, like Austin leads the league in goal differential with fourteen. I know, and Orlando plays at Austin in two weeks' time. That I did not um, expect that. Nobody did, and that's the crazy thing. So Orlando has three road games coming up in league play, but they have a U.S. Open Cup game mixed in. So this weekend, they're in Toronto, who, as I just mentioned, Are they? have scored. Oh, sorry, Montreal. Yeah. Then Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Two Canadian teams back to back. I just got switched them up. So this week is Montreal. The better Where Canada. they play at four o'clock. You say what? The better Canada. Or the better part of Canada. No, no, no. Just the better Canada. Ah. Well, anyways, uh, Kamal Miller uh, just won MLS Player of the Week for his goal and assist performance, which was the exact same thing that Juan did, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd give it to Kamal, Kamal Miller. Miller before I'd give it to him wrong. And, uh, against better opposition. Uh, so, yeah. You know, doing it against, little, doing it against Atlanta is a little different than doing it against Charlotte. So, But isn't Charlotte ahead of Atlanta? Spiritually? No, I mean like in the standings. No, they're not. Oh. Atlanta's seventh. Charlotte's 11th. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, actually, Charlotte's on a uh, three-game winless streak as of this game, so that's tough. <clears throat> yeah. Well, anyways, they play in Montreal Saturday at 4 o'clock. Then they play Tuesday back at home against Philly in the U.S. Open Cup game. Then they're back on the road to play in Toronto that Saturday. Then, a week from that, they're in Austin to play Austin FC. That's their next three, four coming up, including the U.S. Open Cup game. So I don't know how Orlando approaches this Saturday game knowing that they have a knockout round game on Tuesday. And I'll be kind of interested to see how Oscar approaches it because I think he's more inclined to put more emphasis on the u.s open cup considering he's you know won it before and it's a easier pathway to the champions league and a trophy comparatively to winning out the league you want to make the playoffs in the league to then have a chance in the mls cup but the u.s open cup is what four wins away from a trophy and a champions league spot like you, you would think logically I don't that know that's if the where team he's going to really put his more depth right now to worry about that. I think it's more going to be who is available to play, and they're playing. I don't, I don't think there's enough health or depth to really. There's worry only about there's when only you're, w- three when players you're providing out right now, lineup. though, Kyle. Right, the team wasn't super deep to begin with. Yeah. Well, there's that's a lot. Saying, of, there's like, a lot of guys that still haven't gotten to see the field yet. I wonder if there's a reason. No, I don't know. I mean, there was a, there was a thought process to bring in a player mid-season in Gaston Gonzalez, but well, that, that turned out well. Yeah, 
So apparently, from what I've heard, there is still plans of bringing him in, but he won't join the team until like next, next year. year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He'll rehab it back in Argentina. Uh, I was about to say he won't be playing soccer until next year. No, no, regardless no. of where so he, he plays. might as well just stick around and at home and rehab. So he's having surgery, I guess, like this week or next week, from what I've been told. Either way, um, that is uh, that is the latest on that. So looking ahead to the game against Montreal, uh, Montreal, kind of. I wouldn't say surprising in where they are in the uh, standings right now, but I mean they're they're fourth. Like this is this is a game very early on in the season where um, I wouldn't say it's a must win, but it's it's a a very interesting test to see where these teams are through ten games played. Montreal three games three points back, one less game played. So if they win against Orlando, they'd be tied on points. But I think Orlando would still have... Depending on what the score is. Yeah, because the, the Montreal actually has a negative goal differential. Yeah. And they're in fourth, just, despite New York City having a plus nine goal differential and being in fifth. Yeah, why is you know, that? Oh, because they scored like six goals against uh, Real Salt Lake oh, okay. and then five goals against uh, Toronto in back-to-back weeks. Because I'm looking at their... I'm looking at... NYCFC's record and they're they're four wins three three losses and one draw and I'm like wait how does any of that make sense but that that yeah, yeah. okay that checks out yeah because they they've beaten three teams and have scored four or more goals in those three games uh-huh. so 4-1 against Montreal 6-0 so the- against Salt Lake and 5-4 against Toronto and then most recently 3-0 uh-huh. against San Jose so they've been scoring a lot of goals but in the early part of the season, they lost to Toronto, lost to Philly. You're right. That was You're right. They are their frauds. third and fourth games. Yeah. They are frauds, and their their title last year doesn't count. Got it. Well, according to ESPN, it doesn't because they said that no New York professional sports team has won a championship since the Giants in 2011. There you go. Yeah. Not in ESPN's record book, NYCFC. Sorry. I mean, listen. When you're hanging your championship banner off a napkin in the stadium at Yankee Stadium, like that, that just shows where you are in this world. If you have to use Red Bull Stadium as your backup plan. I think New York City so far this year has used three different backup stadiums so far this year. <laughs> make, I think make, it's, it's, I'm saying NYCFC should play a match in the garden. Make it a futsal game, five v five. Have they have they played a match at like uh, have they played a match at Bad Life? I forgot. Mm, no, I don't I think don't so. Think they have, which is actually kind of surprising. Kind of, surprising. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, I mean that that stadium wouldn't be available for the match. They have to reschedule in October, anyways. But it, it is kind of funny that they haven't played like a game to start the season or something like that at MetLife, just so they can oh, try yeah. to claim like a. MLS attendance record or something like that. Well, they've, I mean, they why had to club, play one of their champions. Why would a club resort to they, a, a cheap trick like playing in a, a football stadium to Well, claim? they did. That, that's the thing. New York City played at UConn's football stadium in their Champions League game earlier this year. I was making a, I was making a Charlotte joke. Ah. Ah. Uh, uh, I see. But that goes back to my point where New York City has played in like three different venues. They've played at, Met, they've played at. UConn's. What, what's the Mets stadium? stadium? Shea. City Field, really, but yeah, yeah, City Field. They've played at City Field. They've played at LAFC for some reason. They had to play a home game at LAFC, and then they also played in Connecticut, and then they'll also play at Red Bull Arena, which I think they, Orlando. They, no, they're they're new, the New York Orlando game got moved like, there. New York is not like a small area where there's not a lot of stadiums, even just in the state. So the fact that they've had to play a home game in LA and a home game at UConn, like. The, that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should rephrase that because, as as I've been told, playing home games in non-home stadiums is actually totally good and normal and awesome, and teams love it and fans should love it. So, anyways, Orlando City moving on uh, to their next couple games. It's going to be a fun weekend. Kamal Miller and company taking on Orlando City. Bing bang. So, on to the uh, <laughs> Orlando Pride. 
Pizza, pizza. Uh, that's what you're not getting because the Pride did not win. Um, in fact, you can get 50% off your Papa John's every time that Orlando City wins or draws still. Fucking thing uh, sucks! Not a fan of Papa John's or Pizza Hut? I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. <laughs> Are you having pizza for dinner tonight? Yeah, I am actually. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so, the Orlando Pride. It's from a local place, so that, that doesn't count. It's, it's good ah. pizza. Ah, fair. Uh, Gotham, 3 nothing winners over Orlando. Um, Gotham scored hey, yo. in the 28th minute. Sorry, the 29th minute, the 30th minute, and the 40th minute. Bing bong. Guys, I want you to guess what the expected goals are for this game between these two teams. Oh, my favorite game. Who do you think had the highest expected goals, Gotham or Orlando? Orlando. I'm... Yes. Yeah. How? If you see these dogs in your front yard, just know upstairs I'm going hard. Bing bong. Yeah, just by the way you were phrasing that. I, yeah, there's no... I would there's... not... There's no doubt it was Orlando. I would but, not have thought it had you not asked it that. Like, it wasn't. I mean, it was. A, I mean, one of them was. An it wasn't own much. Goal. No, I mean there were there was no own goals th- in thought, this game. I thought there was. Oh, no, 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 no. That was the. <clears throat> that was a couple games ago in Challenge Cup. Um, and that was it, goal, that was against that was against Gotham though, right? No, I think it was against what? Washington or North Carolina. It was one of those games where they, they conceded four goals. Shut up, bitch! Okay. <laughs> Anywho, the first goal that Orlando conceded. So, pretext here. Uh, Orlando actually had the majority of the chances early on. Basically, from the 17th, 18th minute till about the 23rd minute, Orlando had about five chances on target and on goal. How we feeling out there tonight? <laughs> yeah, I am not feeling good. And then, after all of those chances went begging, Gotham you got on silly? the front foot. I'm still going to send it. They had two shots blocked, went in and out for a corner, and then the corner turned into a goal. Christy Mewis whipped in a ball, McCall Zerboni, free header into the back of the net. Goal, one nothing. All right. Pride are still kind of in it. You know, they, they were pushing, they were knocking on the door, and it's, it's it's right there for the taking. Well, I don't know if you guys saw how Gotham scored against Orlando in the Challenge Cup when they were in Orlando, but the same thing, the exact same thing happened. Basically, uh, Celia and Tony Presley were caught too far up, the ball was thrown in, kicked downfield, Midge Purse, who is very fast, ran with it and kept running with it. Uh, away from the entire Pride defense, who was caught up way high on the field, much higher than they should have been. Then Midge Purse rounds Aaron McLeod, chips the keeper. Tony Presley comes rushing in, does not go for the ball, and concedes 2 nothing. I'm pissed now! So at that point, it's like, oh no, two goals in a minute. What are we doing here? So Pride go back the other way. Fatality. Try and get back into the game. They get a shot on target through Darian Jenkins. And then a minute later, Gotham score again. Basically, Celia got completely lost on a ball into the box where she uh, did not mark her player, who was Christy Mewis. Players had to try and help out because Celia was out of position. And uh, Mewis rounded them both and scored. So it was 3 nothing. And then because of that, Celia got subbed off at half. And then from then on, it was just, uh, you know, Pride had a lot of shots. A lot of shots. In fact, they probably had more shots in the second half than they did any other part of the game. But it wasn't enough because they could not score. Uh, despite Sydney LaRue coming in, she actually did come in and, and bring a lot of energy to the team. They've missed her dearly as a striker up top but throughout the game i was very impressed with the chance creation i, I know they didn't finish anything but you know I'm, I'm looking to say something positive here when you look at orlando you had carrie Bello, darian jenkins and leah pruitt all of them very good in terms of chance creation it's just no one was in the box to finish those chances because they were all basically in and around the box 
not even in. They were around the box, not in. They need somebody in the box to finish chances. And this kind of goes back to like a Taylor Korniak, who's six foot two, who could just be in the box, heading all the balls that are crossed in because Orlando had a ton of crosses. There's no one there to finish them off. They had 31 crosses into the box, you guys. 31. And nothing finished. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say that, and I'm not really going out on a limb because it's essentially kind of your point too. It's just kind of like, you know, bad bad result, obviously. Losing 3 mm. nothing, not great. Mm. But really outside of the finishing, it seemed like they were playing pretty decently considering it's also a very weakened team in general. Yeah, they were also missing a number of, of players. Like Sid didn't play fully because she's just coming off injury. Amy Turner didn't start, so Tony Presley did. I, I hate to say it, but Tony Presley is, is just not that player anymore. I don't know that she can she can come in as like a third center back, but I don't know if she's 100% reliable as, as her own the player. De- the DeAndre Jordan and, of the Pride. I don't know if even that like her the the rest Whoa. of the defense did not help her the Paul Millsap of the Pride, no 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 I wouldn't say oh. Paul Millsap at all. I, I would say that outside of Megan Montefusco, the rest of the Pride defense let them down. Uh, Courtney Peterson hasn't been good as of late. Carrie Abello, honestly, I think probably deserves a start over her. And when Sid comes back, I think she goes back to the left, and then the Monte Carrie, Ellis of the Pride. Monte Ellis, Monte Ellis had a good stretch. Uh, Tony Presley did have a good stretch, too. Damn, I think I, I found it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll put a pin in that. Uh, Celia was subbed out at half, so that just shows how good her game or bad her game was. Montefusco had a couple mistakes. Presley was just not great at tracking back. She just doesn't have the speed or the stamina to keep up with players. The Julius Randle. Nah, part. nah. Julius Randle was an all-star. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, and Courtney Peterson, like I said, she's just she's just gotten caught in really bad spots. So that whole defensive side of things was not good. Also, uh, Has James was was decent in midfield. Michaela Clough, and I asked Amanda Cromwell about this because Michaela Clough was the second place in the Mac Herman Trophy voting this past off season in college. Like she was had a standout season at BYU should translate well as as a college player to a pro and it just hasn't like she's been trying to take players on and dribble through and have space but she's playing as a six and she just does not have that space anymore uh now that is partly because they're asking a little bit more of her because they thought that she could be able to handle it but she just hasn't gunny yon's daughter has actually been playing more as a 10 because she's just got that energy and that kind of marta-esque movement around the field where she can basically play everywhere so Clough is is she's not I wouldn't say she's not good enough to play as the 10 yet but she just hasn't had the experience of playing as a 10 yet to be relied upon as that playmaker in the midfield um she just gets caught with too much possession to be able to be that player for Orlando right now so she's going through it Carrie Bello is is shown good flashes I've been impressed with what I've seen from her considering she's basically played as a center back or left back her entire career at college. And you also had Julie Doyle coming in who missed most of preseason through the injury and Viviana Villacorta who hasn't played since February of 2021 because she tore her ACL. So you've got those four rookies that are getting meaningful minutes. And eventually you'll get Amy Turner back. You'll get Maggie Doherty Howard back and you'll get Erica Timrak back to full starting form and this might be a different team in the midfield because Meggie Doherty Howard and Erica Timrak throughout the Challenge Cup led the team in chances created. So not having those two out there for the majority of the game, and they still created a lot of chances, shows something. They just need somebody to finish off those chances. And yeah, Sid, Sid LaRue can be that player. But who else? They need somebody else. And that goes back to the offseason. You sold Alex Morgan. You you sold um, Ashton Harris and Allie Krieger. You sold Taylor Korniak. Um, Allie Riley, yeah. That was another one. They they traded Allie Riley. They traded, um, oh, who's the striker for San Diego now? Jody Taylor. 
that's another one that they lost. These are all players that probably could have helped. Even Marissa Vigiano, she scored a couple goals in her pride career. Like, they have all the chance creators, but no one to finish them off. And that's the really biggest thing that they need. And they had all this money that they got from those sales and those trades they just haven't used yet. Well, I mean... You, you don't really expect Mara to get hurt and lose her for the oh, year. That, that, that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. Like, that's that's got to hurt. I mean, Sid got hurt, and that's, you know, you're – I'm sure so much of your attacking plans were designed through Marta and Sid. And Literally, Amanda Cromwell said, we designed our entire offense to run around Marta. Yeah, and now she's hurt. So what yep. do you do? It's you a- adjust. It's a shame that the men's side of Orlando didn't have years of experience running the team through one player and realizing that that doesn't work when that player's out so that the pride could have learned from that. It's just a real shame. There was no uh, history of that in the same So, So, so here's, a, here's the city. funny thing about that. I, I feel like the women's game works differently than the men's game. Whereas the top, like Marta being the greatest, one of the greatest of all time, can absolutely take over a game even at her age right now and her advanced point in her career. She can still do that. I'm not saying she can't. I'm just saying when you, when you build a team around one player and that one player goes out. But I mean, it's it. true. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, most of the, the staff that's in the pride weren't around when Kakao was here for Orlando City. I mean, I get I get Kyle's point. That's why Barcelona is doing so well this year. Because they got rid of Messi? And I like I did not I did not say get rid of the very good player. To, no no to no but no I was play. I was I was adding to your point there I was I was agreeing with you they they got oh. rid of their good player and oops uh, they had to sell like everyone same with the pride Griezmann's back with uh, Atleti and like they don't have anyone there anymore so it's like oops yeah I mean like like running a team having having a star player who who can lead your team. And contribute well, like that's like having a player like Marta is 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 vital. I think you need a great player like that. You do that. You just also have to be able to be a functioning team without them. And it's in many ways Marta is the LeBron of the NWSL. Yeah, <laughs> except she does not bring in her washed up friends who uh, should have retired years ago. She did. She did. Basically, I mean, did was the impetus of the entire overhaul of a roster. Yeah, I mean, those were all her friends gone. Yeah. It's basically that meme of just Will Smith standing in the house in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air just kind of looking around. It's like, oh, all the furniture's gone. Where's everyone? Where's everyone? Yep. Or just the John Travolta looking around meme, but it's Marta. All of those things. Um, Yeah, so the the Pride are... I mean, listen, it's one game. One game that they lost 3-0. Uh... Whether that trend will continue is is still very much to be determined because they're playing Angel City next week or this coming week. And Angel City just beat North Carolina at home. Is Laura Harvey uh, the doc of the NWSL? I has has Laura Harvey's teams like completely crumbled under pressure? I mean, she does coach the rain. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well. So that's. Huh. A, so I'd say yes. Yeah. Mm, that's a definite, <laughs> distinct possibility. But we're not talking about the rain today. We're talking about Angel City. Which, speaking of Allie Riley, she's been their captain for their first couple games in Challenge Cup and in the regular season. Wasn't Wasn't Angel City the the name of the town that the Power Rangers lived in? Oh, no, it was Angel Grove. Angel Grove. Never mind. Very, very close. Very close. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Freya Coombe, uh, former Gotham coach, coaching a- Angel City now. And uh, yeah, they they're they're playing their their home games at Bank of California Stadium, and well, they got they got a lot of names that that were involved in that team, including at one point Amanda Cromwell. She was a, a minority investor in the team before she had to sell it to take the job in Orlando. So that's always kind of fun. Also, uh, Amanda's wife works for Angel City FC as a content creator. So going to be interesting. Also, um, 
they have not only former Pride defender Allie Riley, they also have former Pride draftee goalkeeper Brittany Wilson, now Brittany Eisenhower. They also have Jasmine Spencer, who has been playing as a fullback through their first couple games. It's and kind of they have Danny Weatherholt, former midfielder for the Pride. I still have that picture that she drew at a fan night where she turned herself into a pirate on my desk. <laughs> what a time. Well, anyways, uh, it should be a very interesting game. I hope that the Pride do better than their last game. And don't just kind of completely fold up and crumple as soon as they give up a goal. Which? No, that'd be that'd be nice. Yep. Would be a perf would be a nice change. It would be. So we'll see. Hey, listen, a couple weeks ago or a month ago now, they were getting nil-nil draws. Defense was playing great. Let's get back to that. Um, I, we can shoot a little bit higher than a nil-nil draw. Listen, listen, you got to start somewhere. I'm fair. Yeah, you know, you, you go from a 3 nothing loss to a nil-nil draw, I'd say that's a positive. Yeah, 3-0 loss to Trailer Showers FC. and that, uh... <laughs> No, no, no. They, they're not that anymore because they rebranded. Oh, right. They did slap lipstick on that pig. Oh, and they rehauled their social media so that they're sassy now. That's fair. Whatever. <laughs> yep. I mean, everyone, everyone who really pays attention to the league still kind of knows you as Trailer Showers FC. So Yeah. Yeah. You, you never really do fully lose that. Yeah. It's kind of hard to shake that reputation, no matter how yeah. many, no matter what kind of rebranding you go under. Yeah. I mean, there there's always, there's like a cloud hanging over every NWSL team right now, kind of. Yep, uh, not for honored reasons, really. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on. Uh, the pride take <laughs> Just on Angel City. Skirt around on, that one real quick. On Sunday at seven o'clock, or is it? Seven? No, I think it's a late game actually. Um, because they're West Coast, so they're they're going to be playing. Uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, which is five o'clock. LA time on Paramount Plus, which I found now, out I have, um, a f- which I found out I have a year of. Oh, how? Because uh, I have uh, T-Mobile, so I get like oh. a, f- a year of it for free. That's in addition to MLB TV and Netflix. So, pretty good deal from T-Mobile. Yeah, not bad. Well, now you can watch Pride Games. Congratulations! I watched I watched Picard. I'm not sure if I like it or not. The Halo How do you feel sh- about the, uh, the Halo- Pride games? The Halo show's okay. <laughs> it's just okay. All right. Um, well, we were going to talk about OCB, but well, they, they had their game canceled or postponed. Um, they were supposed to play Rochester for their home opener, but Rochester didn't get their field done in time, and so they won't be playing. So it's a 3-0 forfeit, right? No, they postponed the game till a future oh. date. Yeah. Oh. Should have been a three 0 forfeit. I agree. Any, anything, anything that anything bad happening to uh, to Jamie Vardy is okay in my book. <laughs> like, like injury, like anything that he doesn't suffer, like a grievous bodily injury or like a loss right, in right. his family or something like that. But like, things don't forget, th- don't forget th- Rebecca that, Vardy too. Things that hurt the bank account or. Um, his pride. Suppose. Yeah, I should. I should really have to specify that because if he does end up dead tomorrow, I'm gonna be on like a list somewhere. <laughs> no harm should come to Jamie Vardy or his family. Just, just put that out in the universe. Make sure everyone hears it. Yeah, I'm on record of saying that now. So, if yeah, anything yeah, does happen, yeah, yeah, just, just, just point him back to this episode. Timestamp it. Yep. Right. I wanted to bring up OCB because. I wrote a story this past week. I interviewed both Oscar and Diego Pareja and talked to them a little bit about their father-son relationship. Um, There was a lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor that I couldn't fit into the actual article, so I figured, you know what? I'm here. I might as well talk about it on the show. Um, Oscar is kind of hands-off when it comes to Diego in terms of his soccer career. He basically told Diego, do whatever you want to do. 
if you need help, I can help, but you're your own person, and so just do what you want to do. And turns out Diego wants to play soccer. And one of the reasons that Diego, um, who, by the way, was at a Division II school in 2019, redshirted, and then decided, you know, when the, when the pandemic started, he came back to Orlando to be with his dad and said, you know what, let me give this soccer thing another try. Uh, he played for the OCU 23 uh, UPSL team, made the team, was in impressive in his games that he played and so they gave him a shot with the b team and now he's been starting almost every single one of their games and it was kind of see cool to see because uh the other day when they were playing at exploria oscar was sitting in one of the booths uh watching his son play and mark wolf was talking to um to oscar and you know it's it was mentioned saying you know, somebody said Oh, you know, Diego's out there. And he's like, oh, Diego? Who's Diego? And he's like, Pereja, Oscar's son. He's like, And then Mark turns to Oscar and he said, that's your son out there? And Oscar just kind of smiles like a really big, great smile. And he's like, yeah, that's my son. And he's, Mark just kind of goes, how are you so calm? I'd be a nervous wreck watching my son try out and play professionally. But Oscar was just happy that he was out there. And he was he was very proud. And he said as much. Like, Oscar's... Just a he's he's a proud dad. He's a proud soccer dad, and that was kind of the thing I got from from the conversation I had with him was just that, you know, it's 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 his uh, third generation Pereja playing professional soccer because Oscar's dad played in Colombia, and Oscar had to go through the same thing that Diego went through because when Diego was at FC Dallas's academy, well, his dad was the first team coach. So one thing that Diego actually told me was he had to live through that stigma of oh. I'm just here because my dad's the coach. And that was something in the back of his head throughout his time at the FC Dallas Academy where it's like, you know, he didn't put his entire effort into playing. Remind me again, have we ever had that before where like a player has been on the team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so Harrison dad? Heath was the same instance. Uh, but Harrison, I don't think ever came to that realization of, oh, shit, I'm not just this coach's no. son. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But... Diego has he's kind of basically told his dad to like kind of leave him alone almost <laughs> and just like let me play let me do my own thing and if I need you I'll let you know but he he's he Oscar basically said like my son is my son and I don't want him to be anybody else other than who he wants to be so it just so happens that Diego wants to be similar to how Oscar was Diego looks up to players like Cesar Araujo and talks to him all the time about different tactics and how to play the game because that's the same position that he plays. So that was just a really fun conversation. And, and it's, you know, you get to see a different side of Oscar when you're talking about his kids and his family because he really he opens up a lot more when you when you talk not just about soccer. So it was a very nice conversation with him that we had. Um, and Diego's a good kid, too. You know, he's, he's, he's got a lot of perspective now, I think. Um, you could tell that a couple years ago he he didn't, and he didn't know what he wanted to do with himself. So, and also uh, one other thing I wanted to add about Diego, one of the reasons he's playing professionally and he didn't just kind of give up after college was because of his cousin. And Diego told me that his cousin apparently was training with the first team. And it was going really well, but then he had an injury on his knee, and then I guess he had past injuries before that, so he couldn't play anymore. And Diego saw that and saw that, like you know, he was he was better than Diego maybe, but he he couldn't take that opportunity to play because of injuries. So he kind of it gave him a bit more perspective in his his career, and he wanted to approach it with a different mindset of you know let let me go out and and push myself and and work hard because my you know my cousin can't do it so that was that was kind of an interesting thing he said that 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 entire situation changed his mindset on playing so yeah i just kind of wanted to share that story and uh yeah it's a a fun one you can go read what i wrote on the orlando sentinels website orlandosentinel.com just search up the oscar Breha father and it'll basically come up 
So with that, let's uh, finish out our show. First, we're going to talk about where are they now? Well, guys, it's time to talk about where are they now for Chris Mueller? Oh, what a guy. He's coming back to MLS after just six months in Scotland playing for Hibernian. He is coming back to the Chicago Fire. And Orlando is going to be getting money. He left on a free, but Orlando is going to be getting just about $500,000 in GAM. 250k this year, 250k next year, and the 2023 first round super draft pick plus discovery rights for an unnamed player. Now, depending on performance metrics, that GAM could go up another $150,000, so you're maybe looking at a $650,000 payday plus a draft pick and discovery rights. And considering you let him go for a free, not a bad deal. I just, uh, you know, I'm really glad that his career in Scotland was so successful that after six months in MLS club wanted him that badly. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what happened over there. He, he's going to get a lot of flack for, for this simply because of his previous statements saying that he wanted to play in Europe and how he wanted to play where a, what was it, a, um, he, he said, I, I believe I was meant to be somewhere where they live, die, and breathe football. That's how I live my life. And I feel like I belong at a club like Hibernian. Well, uh, now that is the Chicago Fire, uh, which is his hometown team. So, I mean, more more power to him. I think he, you know, going back to Schaumburg and, and being close to his family, I think will help quite a bit. Kind of just reset him because the last two years of his career have been oof. I'm going to go ahead and say that he has a very subpar at best season, except uh, if he comes up against Orlando, and in which case he will score and play immaculately. In well, that it's one a good game. thing that Orlando doesn't play them this year, at least in an official capacity. Yeah, there's always the postseason. That's true. Or or the Open Cup, or that would be something. You 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 think it will? I think it'll happen, yeah. All right. We'll see. Well, that is where are they now for Chris Mueller. Surprise, surprise. Now on to weird news red cards. First off, the weird news, Kyle. You got some weird news this week. Oh, yes, I do. What do you got? Canadian astronauts no longer free to rob and kill with abandon in space or on the moon. There was an amendment buried in their 2022 federal budget bill that extends the Canadian criminal jurisdiction to the cosmos. Apparently, legally, their criminal code did not expand outside of Earth's atmosphere. So, technically, a Canadian could have gone to space, committed all sorts of crimes, all willy-nilly-like, and there's nothing the Canadian government could have done about it legally. Hmm. Interesting. I have a couple kind of interesting stories. First off, a Baltimore City student missed... 140 school days but was marked as present and passes every single one of his classes despite not being there for any of them or taking any tests sounds about right go baltimore i guess um also college graduates are overestimating their salaries they'll start at by 50,000 which means that a entry level job at 40,000 a year college graduates are saying oh let me put my starting salary at $90,000 for an entry level. Yeah, I feel like uh, college graduates are just really dumb because I don't think anybody should expect a salary like that coming out of college. I think you just have to be really, really isolated from the real world to expect that. That's that's some colleges, to be fair. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah. And now here's a question that I will ask you. That has been brought up here. Uh, is it okay to put dog poop in a neighbor's trash can? Uh, apparently, the city of Tampa Bay is debating this very, very philosophical question. I mean, if it's in a bag, yeah, I think it's okay. See, some people As will I, argue the other way, where it's yeah, it's, it's, it's my some trash, people don't touch it. Some some people really care about what goes in their trash can. It's like it's such a dumb like it's trash. It's getting picked up. Who cares? Uh, it's now, literally like, going it, to the same place, right? And it's in a bag. Like if it was out of a bag and they were getting dog shit all over 
the trash can. That's a that's a whole different issue. But that's not what's happening. People are just like now. I I guess I suppose like if if someone's um trash can is not full and they're just putting it in their neighbor's trash can just because they don't want it in theirs then then i would say maybe there's a problem but pretty much every time that that happens it's just because their trash can is full and they gotta put it somewhere you can't leave it inside you can't like yeah i I, there shouldn't be a problem with it people are gonna have problems with it because people are terrible but it's totally fine on to uh, red card slash playing advantage kyle do you have any i mean there's the obvious red card to uh, Republicans and establishment Democrats. So I'm keeping it, you know, a little both sides so that we try not to get too political. Um, but the fact that uh, Republicans are so adamant about getting rid of uh, women's health rights and that establishment Democrats aren't really doing anything to, you know, fight against it. It's kind of embarrassing. So, you know, that's pretty shitty. I'd give I'd give that a, a pretty massive red card. Yeah. Honestly, I thought you were going to go with something different. What did you think I was going to go with? Uh, Lion Nation. Oh, yeah, but that's like I've I just I've always had an issue with Lion Nation and I could go on for an hour. Lion Nation is crap. It shouldn't exist. Burn it to the ground. Uh, I will not ever watch a game on Lion Nation again. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, I think we're done. Uh, Honestly, I don't think there's anything else I really wanted to add in terms of uh, playing advantages. Um, Be sure to stay tuned this week for some coverage. Uh, If you are so inclined, you can catch me on the broadcast of North Carolina and Portland in NWSL this Saturday at 7 o'clock. And um, if you tune in for that, I will be the voice you hear. So with that, uh, for Kyle Foley and for myself, Austin David, and for Brad Newton, who had to dip out a little bit early. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll be back next week and uh, possibly with a special guest. Here's hoping everything goes to plan. But until then, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. And you're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown. Water trash!